Hello, welcome to Drop a Line. My name is Parita. And I'm Edwina. How's it going? So, when I was at work one day, uh-huh. I was randomly taking a break because I work in 25-minute shifts in one of those Pomodori techniques things and every 25 minutes of work i get five minutes of break five minutes on instagram i saw this ad from a comic artist that i was following about a company that sold clothes that always had pockets and then in that ad they were like free worldwide shipping and then i was on it and in the five minutes i bought a dress from los angeles and it, it had arrived today with pocket wait and how long ago was it maybe two weeks ago uh, it's called posh pockets or no it's called posh 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 i'm not sure the first word is french for pockets posh and then posh Oh, interesting way to, I mean, they know what the people want. You know, I can appreciate any outfit with pockets. Those are very essential. Yes. I'm very happy with my purchase. I just got the FedEx today and I just want to give a shout out to any company that's working on giving us some more pockets. I know more pockets, more, more money, more money in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) So today we wanted to follow up on our episode that we last launched on dropping lines on discrimination with dropping lines on allyship and being an ally in ter- in times of recognizing discrimination or recognizing injustice or inequality. Yeah, so just sort of to follow up uh, on our discussion from last week, we figured when you know, when talking about discrimination, acts of discrimination, we also have to discuss how how we can be supportive of groups that are discriminated against. And that's just sort of what gave us this idea of, you know, talking about allyship, what it is, kind of defining it and um, going from there and seeing how, you know, whether we can identify as allies, how we can do so what we can do to work towards that. And an article on Forbes 2018 on allyship actually and describing what an ally is, they state that an ally is any person that actively promotes and aspires to advance the culture of inclusion through intentional, positive, and conscious efforts that benefit people as a whole. So anyone can be an ally and allyship is not just a one-time thing it's a lifelong process they say here that it's based on building relationships based on trust consistency and accountability with marginalized individuals and or groups of people i i like that and i would add probably that it's also important as an ally to define that we're we're not necessarily speaking for marginalized groups but we are sort of more like active listeners of of what their clear message message should be and what it is um and we you know we support their message and we we support them without you know taking that voice from them and anyone can be an ally whether or not you can recognize yourself as being part of a marginalized group or not it's not something that is exclusively to i guess 
white people or men if we if we think about privileged people in this world um and it's because the nature of being an ally is to identify where you have privilege in certain situations and because privilege is contextual right like it's not static that just because you are a person who identifies in this way um you are always going to be disadvantaged or advantaged so in the same way white women for example can be allies to people of color or the other way around in terms of um thinking about what kinds of contexts would be advantages to that person at that time or sometimes women can be allies to men uh so it really is dependent on on the situation and seeing and observing um how at that time you do have a privilege to as you said parida amplify someone else's voice or amplify someone else's presence or issues that you are aware of or just listening to them um when you when you see that they're struggling or um being sensitive to particular struggles that might not be exactly yours i'm sure everyone can identify you know a characteristic that either sets them apart or others them in some way from from the rest of the population and i'm sure we've all sort of experienced some form of either allyship or support um in terms of like giving attention to that specific characteristic and advocating for why you know everyone should have equal rights regardless of whatever that othering factor is yeah and it makes me think of myself as well as a person who does research and is personally interested in topics of prejudice and discrimination how i try my hardest to do these kinds of work because i do feel marginalized in several areas um of my identity and of my living but of course i have privilege in that i'm proficient or fluent in english and people when they hear me speak english they think i'm really articulate and that has all these kinds of associations of education and social class so someone who doesn't have that kind of privilege wouldn't have the same kind of experience as i would in getting through things a lot smoother than than is possible so it's it's also being able to recognize that for me myself I do have an opportunity to make space in different planes of power and then trying to lift other people up who unfortunately doesn't yet share that plane of power. I see you sort of understanding this like sense of I guess intersectionality with like both culture and also just uh demographics, language. There's so many factors to consider. So although you might identify with a group of people you you also like fit yourself into a certain subgroup and still being able to i like be an ally to the many different subgroups under one heading um for example like many like euro Chi- like in your case many like euro chinese citizens might have that struggle that you that you described of like a language barrier um and being able to grasp information depending on their work field or their their field of study that's that would be a whole different subgroup within i guess that cultural category so yeah i think it's it's interesting like to be able to there's so many i guess there's so many different subgroups that we could be allies of and you know none that's that's the that's the thing about being an ally it's like 
you can be an ally to anybody or anything anything that that requires that sort of that voice or that sort of um more more consideration or more um broader visibility I feel like the topic of this episode nicely ties in with some of the things we've previously said um, in the toxic masculinity episode, um, in the discrimination episode, where being an ally, an important part of it is being able to be proactive and taking it upon yourself to use the tools that we have nowadays um, to learn about different marginalized experiences, to be proactive and learning more about the history of the struggle in which you want to um, alleviate or in which you want to take upon yourself to advocate for others, to be an ally in that sense. And to also do that um, with consideration. If if you are doing that, asking other people in your life who do have marginalized experiences, then you're doing that responsibly and conscientiously. You aren't interrogating them and appreciating their time in terms of having them recount not so great things um, and not criticizing them or um, challenging their realities, but really trying to believe and understand what their experience is, uh, even though it's not something that you can 100% recognize or you can 100% identify with. I think it's important to mention also like allyship. I think, you know, there's a lot of room for error. You know, there a lot of people take the term ally and to, to many people it might just mean just not being discriminatory towards a certain marginalized group and just recognizing their existence. But, you know, that in a lot of ways that can can go awry, I guess, or it can go wrong in terms of either if you're speaking for them, kind of like silencing them and using your own platform to speak as though you you have those experiences yourself uh, of the marginalized community. And you know, this is this is a common mistake that people might make. And it's it's well intentioned, of course, because, you know, there, there's sometimes a line that we walk between either putting the, the best interest of the marginalized group in mind, or just sort of clearing our own character, you know, kind of clearing ourselves of like, you know what, I support this, and I don't support this, and I don't support this, and I don't support this, um, just to sort of prove something to ourselves or pr- prove something to our own social circles that, you know, we, we're not, that we are not threatening, you know, putting us at the center of, of the entire issue rather than being, which is kind of like precisely like the opposite of the definition of being an ally, because you're sort of putting yourself at the center as opposed to putting some, like a marginalized person or a group of people at the center um, instead and allowing them to speak for themselves and, and promote their own whatever message they want to give. Yeah, I've definitely met people who have really good intentions. At least I hope they have very good intentions. But I I think they're, to, to put it very frankly, they're, they're too accustomed to making things about themselves and relinquishing the stage then to someone else becomes very difficult or it doesn't come to mind as easily. Mm-hmm. So I told you before, or I've told our listeners before that I, I recently went to Geneva for a summer school on prejudice, discrimination and the diversity challenge. At least I, I think I did. As you can imagine, there is a subset of people who attend 
Um, but there were lots of mistakes, like you you mentioned, that were being made, and and that people who might have privilege overall in society would say that they have to be the spokesperson of marginalized groups, and that is true to a certain extent, but not to the degree that. You know, some people don't need more people to talk on behalf of them. Some people really just want to say what they want to say themselves. So it's probably best then to give them the space and opportunity to express themselves or to express what they want or need because they're the ones who are a hundred percent experiencing their struggles in their own ways. So, like we said before, just amplifying the voice and not really making it about you, but relinquishing. That kind of attention and space to someone else, and not behaving as if as if you know best, or that you know, I've I've seen sometimes that people use the term ally kind of as a reputation. Like it, I've seen this happen that sometimes people wear the term or have the air that they're an ally, and therefore that they are untouchable because they're so. Woke, I guess, and they kind of take credit for the struggles of marginalized people, of all the people who they had to consult with beforehand or interrogated beforehand about certain issues. It really then turns it back to them being an ally and how great that is for them, rather than again putting the focus more on how. Certain accounts or certain stories should be listened to and attended to, and something should be done about it. Yeah, so really, really, and truly, a big part of allyship, as you've already mentioned, as we've already mentioned in this brief time, is really listening as well. Listening and not challenging. It's okay if you have questions. It's okay if people don't know everything. But there's a really fine line between being an ally and then trying to care because it looks good that you care. For sure. Yeah, I like I like what you said about like people usually might call themselves an ally to sort of absolve themselves of anything and、um, seem you know that they they can't be targeted in any way. I guess another error that kind of goes along with that is this like sense of passive allyship. So. You know, talking the talk but not really walking the walk, not really getting involved in the causes and with the communities that you're trying to be an ally to, and so not really making efforts to either learn about it, not going to the the events of the. That they might have not really engaging in the culture、um, in order to actually understand you know, what the experience is and just sort of just the label of an ally, you know, kind of setting yourself in stone as someone like you know what can't touch this, I I support this, and so I shouldn't be ridiculed in any way, and that just that. That sort of like absolving of their own character or anything that they might have done in the past,、um, and that's why I say like becoming an ally is kind of a process. You know, there's so many errors to be made. I don't think by any means that even I would even like get it right every time because you know there's so many different concepts to learn about. Without、um, like. I can think of one example in pop culture is like, or not even pop pop culture, just generally, but that's kind of prevalent in pop culture is like, for example, queer baiting. 
So sometimes people want to give visibility to uh, the LGBTQ community, but they do it in a way that depicts them as queer, even though they might identify as uh, perhaps heterosexual. And so the, the picture that they show for, I guess, pop culture sake or for, for media sake or for just fanfare is of they're trying to show one of acceptance, but they're putting themselves in the position of the marginalized community uh, as if they are part of it as opposed to supporting it. So yeah, there are just so many things to and you like the idea behind it, behind someone's creative process is well intentioned, but the the portrayal comes off as really hurtful or um, because it's not acknowledging all the, the bad things that, that a certain culture or subgroup had to go through in order to have this amount of visibility in this day and age. So um, to just sort of portray it as a trend can be very hurtful and insensitive to, to a group's feelings. Yeah, in the line of talking the talk but not walking the walk, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe not even a couple of weeks ago, but some months ago, the Gerdinger Feminist Network here in the city that I live in, they organized Pride Walk. And it was a big deal because they specified that they didn't want to have companies participate in the Pride Walk if they're going to pink wash. And what they meant by that was that I think a lot of um, organizations or companies usually around pride month or pride week they wave the rainbow flag to signal that they are allies of a certain community in this case the lgbtq plus community but they aren't necessarily doing the outer work to actively change oppressive systems within that company so it kind of seems a little bit like window dressing and i guess this can also apply more on an individual level like it's great that you can spread awareness um, in one-to-one conversations and represent or amplify issues of marginalization but then to really go back and think about what is your role in changing an oppressive system like are you are you making an active effort to do that are you making an active effort again to continuously learn or to be continuously open about the intricacies of these issues so I, I can I can also understand period when you say that there is a lot of you know room for error in that sense of being an ally at the same time i don't think there is a perfect ally i don't think that everyone is cut out to do things perfectly as an ally uh, but the main difference probably is is to own up to your mistake so as an ally as someone who has a particular privilege in a particular context it does make a difference that if you make a mistake that you own up to it and that you are actively accountable for making that mistake and saying that you are sorry and that you can be put like we said in the last episode in a vulnerable position to grow and learn from those mistakes Um, But oftentimes what could happen or what I've seen happen is that sometimes someone has the best intentions and wants to be the best ally and then they get called out or they get called in for doing something that's not great. And then it could happen that like the situation is turned around and that the marginalized person or the marginalized group then is kind of gaslit. 
Like there is a lot of gaslighting that could go on. That's like, oh, but I am an ally. I am impervious to discrimination or prejudice. Like that could be something that is wrongfully thought of. And then because of that situation in which that ally has that privilege, the marginalized person or the marginalized group then could easily think that they're the ones being crazy or they're the ones that are overreacting. Um, and that's something we just don't want to have, right? I, I don't think it, like in general, that's something that anyone wishes for in a broader sense. And just sort of piggybacking off of that, I think, you know, allyship, at least for me, I guess, in recent years, it's it's a relatively recent term, at least in this context. Um, when you say, like, that marginalized groups of people can be gaslit by 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 their allies or by people that label themselves as as allies to that group of people that was something that's probably you know people just expressing support or non like a lack of support for a certain group of people was probably so ideal even like up to a couple years ago where it was like you know at least they're not you know at least they're not against my lifestyle or against my choices to the point where they they would be re- like they would reach to a point to where they discriminate against me you know that that's like almost like a, a sign of safety that someone accepts me and i think it's really commendable that like it's great that we're at a point where we're having to discuss like how to be a good ally and not just say something like oh i support this and i support that and taking those stances just verbally um where we're at a point where we're actually discussing like you know, as an ally, you sure you can say this, but you also shouldn't, you shouldn't gaslight the the marginalized group, or you shouldn't take their voice away, you shouldn't be um, in the position where you feel like you know everything there is to know already without having listened, Uh, and setting those, like, standards for an ally, because I think it's also something that we, I think we might have discussed in discrimination episode last week, um, where it was just about, um, I talked about like my experience at my old job, where that satisfaction that someone's supposed to get when they're just, you know, suddenly like accepted into the broader group of people by like, you know, by like a, a falsely polite comment or like a, a veiled comment that just sort of feigns this sort of like acceptance or like, you know, just acceptance at baseline, but not quite overall like not not involvement just like i don't know how to wear this quite but like just acceptance out of um like for your most basic politeness as opposed to um complete involvement into the entire community as a whole as you know someone that belongs equally and it's i think it's just great that we at least don't have to uh, you know accept that that very basic respect and actually expect everyone to sort of you know be treated in a way that that does not um, impede on their own identity it sounds a little bit from what i'm understanding like when people are saying that they can tolerate a group of people or this person um but it's not really indicative of them being inclusive or accepting or even valuing that person as as someone that has worthy contributions in in whatever sense we want to call it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's that's um that's interesting living in the Netherlands uh since uh it's 
it's really common to hear around here that the Netherlands is one of the most tolerant country um, there is. So it, it makes me think about um, if we have a level of tolerance, that's right. that's a start. But that doesn't really say much about the the rest of being inclusive or being accepting, welcoming, valuing people. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I have thoughts about that. Um, it gives a whole new meaning to that term of like tolerance, which is like, you know, if you've ever been to like a protest or like a walk or a march or anything, you see signs that states like tolerance and really breaking that down. It should be more than tolerant. You know, people, marginalized groups should be more than tolerated. They should be completely involved, included, accepted. And that's that's exactly what we're getting at with having standards for allies. Yeah. And it also makes me think of certain um, people I've met in my life who are not necessarily proactive in being an ally, but oftentimes the stance is, oh, I don't discriminate against anyone, but they're not really doing anything about it because they feel like it's not necessarily something that, that involves them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like all lives matter. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's not really focusing on effort in any particular direction. It's very diffused. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it's not really anything because... If you fall for anything, what do you stand for, you know? Right. And I, I'm pretty sure that in some cases, they would consider themselves as allies as well, even though it's not my business. And I also think that allyship has a very important role to play in how we talk about social justice and how we talk about inequality because everyone ideally should be an ally even if the issue at hand isn't directly involving them uh because in the end we're all kind of interconnected right like if not in this particular issue like even in in specific issues like i feel and and i turn back to to feminism again because this is something that's most salient to me but i'm sure there are other examples and if if other people have examples please do drop us a line but with feminism, we've talked about how it's not just about putting women in an improved position in society. There are many benefits in which feminism or gender equality also benefit men. So including men in allyship also somehow benefits them as men in the long run. So it's not just a fight for the marginalized people in the in the direct and immediate sense. It's it's also about involving other people who might not feel like they have an involvement in this and saying, yes, you do have an involvement. These are also your issues because we are all interconnected. People don't live in a vacuum from each other. So if your stance is, oh, I don't discriminate against anyone. I'm not prejudiced. All people matter. And you're not really doing much about it your silence or your inactivity is also saying something it's also putting the discourse of society in a specific direction so it's 
It's not like you doing something or you not doing something ends up to have no consequences. It will have consequences in the end. As allies, you can shape that in a particular way that reduces inequality in whatever form that is. So we're, we're not, we're, I think we're also not talking about everyone performing activism or everyone performing allyship to one standard either. But to own up to that and to be accountable, not just for yourself, but also for other people and shouldering that struggle as if that's your own even though as i said you don't 100 percent understand what it feels like to be oppressed in that way like that's bigger and and contributing to like people in general yeah for sure exactly the greater for all people and i don't see why someone wouldn't want to be an ally in that sense like why at least with the knowledge that certain groups of people have less than they do based on on a certain character like a defining characteristic of their being why why wouldn't you want to support the the building of them in society and i guess also part of that just comes with like knowing your place you know knowing what values and privileges you do have and recognizing that because I guess in a way like denying all of the work and the practice and the understanding that comes with allyship is to sort of just assume this stance of like complacency and like indifference to what kind of hierarchy so society has kind of like put us in based on so many different characteristics like culture um, socioeconomic status like so many of these different factors just sort of accepting as like that's the way things are so why why ruffle feathers why change it why why do anything um if things are working for me like why should i change the way um i behave or i operate and you know it comes off as a little like egotistical to think like to know at least to know that there are people around you that are oppressed or receive less than you do you know why wouldn't you want to support the equality of all beings like what what exactly is like you said there there is definitely like a benefit an overall benefit to society and to all beings at the end of it as opposed to you know what what would be the what would be the detracting factor it reminds me of a time that I recently experienced where I saw allyship for myself so not that I was um, being an ally but someone was being an ally for me and it felt really great again this happened during that summer school in Deneva um, and I was in a group presentation and the group presentation was about sexism and it was received very well by the audience. It was a student audience for everyone who was attending that summer school. And one person wanted to specifically talk about their experience of sexism and how people weren't taking her seriously because of the Southern French accent that she spoke with and how that made her sound very mousy and how a lot of men didn't take her seriously seriously and she said how with one case uh there was an an asian man who was sexist against her because of how uh she spoke and in retaliation when she talked to him she pulled back her eyes and then she intended to highlight that this kind of ism this this is inappropriate behavior to be sexist um to someone else so in essence she kind of used a 
stigma to counteract another stigma. And I was there, uh, and I am obviously a, a Chinese woman. I just didn't know what to say uh, because I didn't want to, you know, she, here she was talking about her own experience of sexism and it's not easy. And she also, she was impressively doing this uh, while she wasn't fluent in English. So mm -hmm. the whole summer school that she was taking in English she continuously Google translated throughout all of the presentations. She mm -hmm. always participated in class. And even though her French wasn't great, she like, even though her English wasn't great, she always participated. So this was someone um, who I recognized as, you know, a cool person. But I, I was taken aback. And someone else from my group, uh, she made a comment on this and how maybe using another stigma to counteract another stigma isn't the best way to move forward in reducing inequality. Otherwise, it still perpetuates a kind of hierarchy then. And I felt like in that position, and maybe this is just me, but it can happen that if I were to say that this had some racist roots towards it and maybe this we shouldn't do this, I would feel that the spotlight is on me because I am a Chinese person and um, I would be afraid of people thinking that I'm too sensitive about that. But with my group mate saying that who was not Asian um, presenting, it, it comes from a different position um and it's it got the message across so i was very very grateful that she spoke out and i i really think she was a true ally in that moment that's i mean that's a really great account for what you know what allyship can look like but basically yeah it's it's that's why you know we're sort of like allies in training throughout throughout the time that we we choose to support other marginalized groups is like getting to a point where it just sort of comes naturally to us when we when we see oppression or when we when we hear it when we feel it to you know recognize it and know exactly what to do in that moment and you know that might not always happen and that's why you know there like I said there's room for error there but there's also like room to learn and that's just it seems like a process that takes oh, like a lot of time a lot of education a lot of involvement um, listening to get to that point where you well you feel confident in calling it out and it's not easy it's not easy in that there is a lot of information out there like you just highlighted but it's also not easy because i see and i have experienced that recognizing your privilege can be very uncomfortable and there are even times where i i feel like i'm talking but i'm over talking for that situation and i should really just not talk um, and allow other people to have that space to voice their opinions because it's more appropriate. But that's, as you said, something that comes with training, that comes with a lot of active energy into allowing yourself grow in that direction. So I, I also encourage people who are interested in being better allies to seek out resources to figure out how they can be better allies because there's so much out there. There are websites, there are books. I'm pretty sure there are thousands of YouTube videos. Um, and even so much as to ask to be more conscious of the interactions that you have with people in your life and to think back on whether or not people felt like they were silenced to a certain degree because of you or because of um, other dynamics that regularly occur. I think that's already a big step. 
definitely like evaluate whether you know you're silencing someone or supporting them um or like you said edwina before amplifying them and that's that seems like a definitely a good first place to start and also just um like edwina mentioned also i'd say you know look for opportunities where you can sort of be a part of you know part of learning the experience whereas maybe going to a walk or some sort of event and just sort of observe observing and absorbing information and seeing what it's like but never you know so assuming it as your own experience but just sort of observing it i think it's always important to sort of engage in that way yeah, and to engage with experiences that are specifically not your own um, and being open to, to learning from that, being open to, as we talked about before, being called out or called in and, I guess, reacting gracefully after that and taking it as an opportunity to grow personally but also to grow with the person who is being who is the one calling you out or in i don't know i just think that these are all things that go towards an inclusive environment and fostering an inclusive environment through your role as an individual person that could by contagion spread to others as well challenge yourself challenge others and yeah be an ally We'll also post maybe some resources that we know of that give instructions on how to be an ally. Uh, for myself, I subscribe to this newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter or um, a bi-monthly newsletter, I forget, called Better Allies. And it's free. And in that time, they, they just send you tips on how to be more inclusive, how to be a better ally. And otherwise, I'm sure there there are other um, resources out there that you can easily find if you Google. But we'll put in what we got. All right. I guess this is it for now. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, we also had our first request for an episode for the podcast. Thank you very much for that. We are very happy to have feedback. I recently attended a social event where there were a lot of St. Martiners there and we received a lot of love. And thank you for the support, everyone. It means a lot to us. And until then, drop us lines. Drop us several, several lines. Drink some water. Take care of yourself. Call your mama or your daughter or... Or your parents, your family, whoever. Pet your dog. Pet your cat. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.